everybody welcome in uh this is victor corcus your commissioner aka doing lines on waller street and as always with me alex roberts the harvested method on the other side uh here with me and we are going to be going into episode three of the bruise buds and dubs fantasy football podcast recapping this past week looking into the future of week three got a couple segments in here for us as well um, should be a, an interesting podcast here, and uh, I'm ready to get into it. Roberts, you with me? I am here, ready to go. Two weeks down, 14 to go. Seems that they are moving too fast already, but we got two 2-0 two and o teams, two 0-2 and two teams, and the rest of us all benched up in the middle, so it's about to get fun, I think. Yeah, yeah, for sure. It's anybody's game so far, uh, anybody's year. I don't really see anybody who has – Stuck out too much outside of the crazy performance that Weber had this week. Uh, but of course, we'll get into that uh, here soon. So uh, first things first, uh, we're going to go ahead and get into the high scoring team of week two and the high scoring wide receiver of week two. Talk about those payouts and who gets those. Robert, you can go ahead and take it away. We already mentioned it briefly, but highest scoring team of this week was none other than Weber and half PPR Chubb. What a performance is all I really have to say. Jeez. Really three guys, three guys carried his team. There's a ton of guys on his team that underperformed, didn't, uh, didn't go out and just blow, uh, blow the socks off. But they, uh, those three guys put up what a hundred points just between Lamar, Amon Ross St. Brown and Nick Chubb. Yeah. Over a hundred points. Uh, just a phenomenal outing. Obviously Weber wishes he can do that every single week. For the sake of fantasy football, it's fun to watch. I, I, you know, I hope, I hope that happens every single week. Maybe not exactly for Weber, but for everybody. Um, it, it's always fun when you see your team just absolutely dominating. You know that you got this one in the bag. Three, three players into your, into your, <laughs> into your lineup. You know, so when your quarterback puts up forty, you typically can turn off the f- fantasy app for the rest of the day and just know you're going to win. But yeah, for sure. I think uh, that 179.52 is going to be tough to beat for the uh, for the rest of the year, quite honestly. Like I said, he did leave points out there. Derrick Henry underperformed. James Conner left hurt. Could have easily put up 190, 200, would have put set that mark really high for anybody else to beat at the entire season. 180, I do see it as reachable, but man, you have to have a good week to get there. For sure. For sure. We'll, we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. Great job, Weber. And uh, $20 to Weber for the highest scoring team. Uh, again, I'll be keeping note of that, keeping track of that stuff. You get paid out at the end of the year um, as voted upon our peers in the group meet. Moving over to the highest scoring position player of the week and the position that we this week, of course, was uh, wide receiver. And man, Vic, oh, what a battle it was <laughs> for the number one wide receiver because yeah. it was, uh, I thought I had, Oh, that guy's the number one wide receiver. I had it written down three or four times in preparation. Like, I mean, just just talk about what a, what a week it was for the battle, the battle of it. Yeah, it it was crazy because you see Amon Ra and you're like, oh man, like Amon Ra is. We're, obviously, everybody's watching the Detroit game. It's the game that's on, you know, our local network. We we want to pay attention to it because it's the Lions. You look at what he's put up. It was 34 plus points. And it's like, dude, 34 plus points that. That's insane. Like that, that's a phenomenal week. And then all of a sudden the Miami Baltimore game still going on. Miami makes a great comeback by the likes of Tua to Tyreek. 
with two huge bombs in the fourth quarter. Tyreek ends up getting over 36 points. You're like, wow, I didn't think Amon Ra was going to lose. Tyreek comes in, steals it, you know, steals the week, steals highest wide receiver. And you're just sitting there and you're like, all right, I don't think that anybody's going to touch that many points again as a receiver this week. All of a sudden, Stefan Diggs, two and a half quarters go by, and he's the leading receiver of the week. And it just a phenomenal week for all for the wide receivers. And, and Nate, with his uh, Stefan Diggs uh, wide receiver pick, pays off for him this week, ends up putting a huge amount of points on the board, takes the lead, beats out Amonra, beats out Tyreek, and puts $10 back into Nate's pocket for getting the highest scoring wide receiver. Yeah, and it's, it's weird to point out, it's big to point out, too, that even though Weber completely dominated 180 points, still didn't have the highest scoring position player of the week, you know, in wide yeah. receiver. So every week, and the same thing happened week one. Every week, just because your team is the number one team doesn't mean you're going to have that highest position scoring player. So, uh, yeah. I mean, Stefan Diggs is the man. It was a tough draft pick, I think, for him in the second round after taking Cooper Cup. So same thing as I said to Weber, way to, you know, pull the trigger. And it's kind of already paid off for you so far this year. Yeah, it uh, it looks good. It looks good for him. I, you know, I said last week that his wide receivers were going to carry him. Uh, Nate was going to carry him to a win this week, and uh, they did in uh, uh, great fashion with two huge outings from both Cooper Cup and Stefan Diggs, obviously. So, yeah, big time, big time stuff there from wide receivers across the mm-hmm. entire entire league this last week. Yeah, for sure. Looking back at week one, we. Uh, we're blessed with some good close matchups. Unfortunately, week two did not have many close matchups for fantasy football. They were all uh, pretty lopsided. One game within 20 points, which I guess we can call uh, 22 points, actually. I guess we can call that close, but quite honestly, uh, not too many close games. So not going to spend too much time here recapping. But Vic, if you want to uh, start off with just running through some scores here, naming our winners, our losers, making sure the guys get the credit for uh, pulling out the win this week. Yeah, for sure. Uh, we'll start off with the first matchup that's lined up here, which is my matchup versus Mitch this past week. Mitch comes through with CMCD's nuts and gets the dub uh, over your commissioner. And, uh, you know, from the beginning, it just felt like the Mitch was going to end up winning. And then uh, Kyler Murray wasn't really doing much in the game. And I was like, all right, here we go. There might be an opportunity for me to come back. I really had faith in Jalen Hurts. And and AJ Brown and, and going into even last night's game, I know Mitch was still a little bit worried. I wasn't really too concerned. I felt like I already lost it, but Jalen Hurts ended up having a great game. AJ Brown had a below average game for himself and Dallas Goddard was, was getting kind of fed uh, yesterday. He had five receptions for 82 yards. So those passes were going to Goddard and uh, not as uh, much to AJ Brown which they had the same amount of receptions, but you don't typically want to see that when your wide receiver one is getting the same amount of receptions as the tight end. Um, but hats off to Mitch, the, the past champ last year, go ahead and gets his team to one and one puts my team to one and one as well. Yeah. And we're, I guess we can both talk about take, taking our lumps here because my team also uh, got their butts kicked. Yeah. Um my 10th ranked team in my power rankings came out and uh, stomped on me this week. Uh, Marcus did, did beat uh, the Harbison method by uh, 40 points or so. That scored me 145 to 106. Good performance from his team. I mean, the set of his team, obviously Tyreek Hill putting up 36 and a half points, but 
a lot of guys that a lot of guys on that team came up, put up solid numbers. And when you get that 37 points, it's hard to recover from that. So good win by him. He left a lot of points on his bench too, with Amari Cooper and Drake London. So he could have absolutely crushed me, but he played the right guys. So I don't think that was really a question, but uh, you know, good week for Marcus and uh, both sitting at, uh, he's sitting at two and now. So yeah, he's got he's got to be feeling good going into week three. Um, looking at Rashad Bateman putting up a good game, that just gives you a whole lot more confidence in that flex spot. Plus, like you mentioned earlier, uh, the two uh, two receivers on his bench, Cooper and Drake London, both having games. Looks like he has some pretty good depth on his team, and he's uh, he's going from what you said was the tenth best team in the league to quietly moving up the ranks to possibly the first. He's right now sitting at second uh, in the league under, behind Weber. But uh, his team, like as I mentioned before, it's scary to look at. Jonathan Taylor didn't even do anything, and uh, he still put up 146 points. So yeah, good for you, Marky. Like you said, it is a long it is a long season, though. So I had a break 10, but we'll see what happens. Speaking of someone that should be thankful that it's a long season, we can move over here to uh, the matchup between Praters Taters and Steven Glansberg. Mm. And man, Cret, should you be thankful it's a long season? Because that <laughs> the 65 points was a, uh, I'm sure, a tough pill to swallow. I have a feeling you just didn't open your fantasy yet because, well, Alvin Kamara didn't play and he was still in your lineup. So <laughs> I, uh, I don't blame you for not opening it after, uh, after only putting up 65 points. Yeah, I mean, it's not like he really had anybody else to – he could have done a little bit of maneuvers, putting Kareem Hunt in the running back position, adding uh, DuVernay into, you know, or Corey Davis, Ty Lockett into his flex. But at the end of the day, it's all a moot point just because his team didn't really put up any anything. If you were here yesterday, everybody – no offense, Krat, I'm just letting you know what everybody's saying, and they're saying get the dress ready because they're feeling like you're going to be the worst team in the league. You do have some work to do um just reviving that that lineup but i have faith in you brother and steven Glan steven glansberg nate good performance solid 138 that's a really solid number we already talked about stuff on digs cooper cup just both studs and carried him this week um you're looking at about 70 points between uh, those two plus stafford brings you up to 90 points for 90 points for three guys it's tough to beat the rest of his team i don't think anybody really showed out but had enough to uh carry him easily to the finish yeah, he's got to feel good that Stafford actually had a good outing, a decent outing this week, uh, looking at his quarterback room. Obviously, Dak Prescott not playing for the next five, few weeks. Didn't know what we were going to get with Stafford after that first week, but uh, I think we saw yesterday uh, against the Vikings, and uh, Buffalo defense is, is the real deal. So you got to take things very lightly when you see your player playing that team and if they have a bad week because that defense is just – special right now um the, like we said you know your receivers are going to be the ones that are going to carry you through this season they did it this week in uh, in great fashion with cooper cup and stuff on digs uh clyde edwards alaire had a decent outing as well you didn't even have any points from dj chark uh in your flex position and you still put up 138 points so you're looking pretty good as long as those receivers keep hitting for you every single week vic i know you mentioned uh, buffalo bills defense and playing against them and how terrifying that can be i mean they look unbelievable this year and uh, uh what guys are you willing to play against that defense because i mean you saw they did the derrick henry yesterday who's a, usually a smash start are there are there elite guys like that that you're just not going to play when they go against buffalo 
No, that's a short answer. It's just no. Uh, I mean, you you drafted your elite guys to be exactly that. They're your elite guys. These guys are still the top, you know, stop top position player or top players at their respective position. You're going to play them. You, you can't not play them because the second that you don't, they're still going to have a good game and you're just going to be feeling like an idiot because you didn't. You, this is just a, you know, a statement. Just play your guys, play your elite players. It doesn't matter who their matchup is because either way, like I said, short, short answer is no. Uh, I'm going to play all my elite players against the bills. I don't care. Um, who it is if I drafted them and, and they've been doing well for me all year. And just because they're going up the bills, going up against the bills doesn't mean I'm not going to start them. I'm going to start them every single time. Yeah. I think maybe it's more so your, your secondary guys, um, you know, who might be solid players those wide receiver two, running back twos. Those are the guys that personally I'm, I'm not playing them against the bills unless things start to falter down the line. Um, I'll rotate my flex players into the, to their spots and take them out of the lineup for that week. Um, Cause that's a, uh, it does some scary things the first two weeks. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree with you there. There, there's certain players, obviously, like we said, that you have to start, but that's when you know being a manager in this league is gonna really come out. Is when you when you see those tough matchups and you gotta make those tough calls. Hey, if you don't want to play them and uh, you don't, it could bite you in the butt. But right now, the Bills look like they're just dominating everybody. So, uh, play your elite players make that tough decision on your, your second string guys. Getting back on track here. We can look back at uh, the last few matchups of last week. We have Allen coming up, coming out on top of Tim team bow going back, reverting to last year's team name and hopes of resurrecting his fantasy season. I think after, uh, after a couple weeks here, um, Allen's team came, showed up, same thing, 138 points. You score that good chance. You're going to win. That's kind of a, uh, a winning score. Derek Carr finally did something, put some points out there. And uh, Aaron Jones, Curtis Samuel, great, great pickup. We'll talk more about that later. But uh, when you have the number one running back on the week, it's very helpful. Uh, but just good win by Allen. Yeah, for sure. It was a great comeback win from Allen. I'd like to see that he's got that win early on in the season this year. Last year, I think he went like four weeks, five weeks without a win. So he's feeling good. I know that he's feeling good. Um, Aaron Jones comes out is the Aaron Jones that we know and more. Um, so great game by him and, uh, that Tampa Bay defense, uh, putting up 26 points is something. So yeah, that's uh, a big time score from him. Helps him out with no Eli Mitchell, no Michael Pittman. You got some help from the defense this week. So that's sometimes you, you earned that extra help going through some injuries. So. Yeah, for sure. I think he did a really good job managing his team and putting it back on the right track. As for Garrett, uh, tough outing. Obviously, the the New Orleans-Tampa Bay game was extremely boring outside of the brawl that happened. Uh, not a lot of action going on there, as you can see from the points that were, uh, that were put up by Tom Brady and Mike Evans uh, this week. Um, DJ Moore, you know, average week. 11.8 points, Austin Eckler, 14 points, you know, good, good points, still not the points that you're hoping from, for, from your number one pick this year. Um, so we'll see if Austin Eckler can make a comeback. And uh, with Austin Eckler, um, a lot of those points came in the final two minute drive when the game was over. Um, he put up, I think he had four or five catches for like 40 yards in that last drive. So he easily could have had a much, much worse week um, than, than those 14 points. So a lot of concerns on this team, I think. 
Yeah, there, you know, there's just, there's just nobody special when I'm looking at the roster right now, at this point in the season, you know, we're only two weeks in, so you guys take that with a grain of salt, but there's just nobody looking that, you know, great on his team. Another thing that I do have to say is that um, being in fantasy football for, I think it's, I think I've played like, I think I've had like 11 seasons total um, with multiple, you know, multiple leagues every year. When you change your team name, after you had it already set, it's, it's almost like bad luck uh, is what I've been told. And I've actually found that out myself in one of my leagues. I wanted to change my team name after yesterday's game uh, with Jalen Hurts because Jalen Hurts put a tweet out there that said Hurts down it with a question mark. I was like, man, that's a, that's a good one, dude. I should change my team name, but I can't do it. I just think it's bad luck. But I, hopefully it's not for for Garrett. It looks like you said he's trying to resurrect that, that season that he had last year by going back to it. Hey, if it pans out for him. Um, by all means, keep doing it. Awesome. So, like I said, great week two. We'll move forward. It's in the past. If you lost, don't worry. You got another week. Unless, you know, you only put up 65 points, then maybe worry just a little bit. Um, <laughs> and if you put up 190 points, be happy. Enjoy it. But also, um, don't expect that every week. So, keep working here. And uh, moving on to week three, I feel like the uh, – the trade market may become more active. Waiver wires are going to be more contested. Um, things are going to get going to get popping here when it comes to the fantasy tr- transaction wire. I think. Yeah, I, I believe so as uh, as well. Um, I think the waiver wire uh, we're going to see some action this week. I think there's probably going to be some um, some heavy bids on a couple of players just for teams who feel like they really need to make a move. Um, you know, it's only week two, but, you know, you still want to set that foundation. You still want to get those points on your team uh, to possibly get into that, you know, to make sure you have a chance to get into that at least the sixth spot uh, for the playoffs um, this year with the highest points. So, you know, you got to make some moves. You got to make some moves. You got to put some bids out. You got that fab. Uh, use it where you deem necessary. I think that uh, the trades, the trade talks at least should should start. Yep start uh moving and i we may see possibly our first trade this week i'm i'm anticipating um i'm I'm assuming somebody's gonna make a trade or at least try to make a trade yeah that's a good point when it comes to trade talks because it's probably something that you're gonna want to plant the seed this week these guys probably want to see one more week out of out of their guys and that may change the value of certain players but i can see it really picking up trade wise next week week after as conversations start to intensify I know sometimes you got to leave them and come back to them once you get more information. Um, but one reason I, I don't think that I think we were kind of stagnant on week one is because players do bounce back and yeah. we need to look at those bounce back players because a lot of people were probably very worried about players and they, they came back week two, kind of settled your, settled your worries. This segment is called every little thing is going to be all right because <laughs> some, we, uh, you know, there's those bounce back performances that, bring the water back to level. So, uh, Vic, you got some guys that uh, bounced back this week? I don't know if it's necessarily to fantasy, you know, directly, but Kyler Murray, uh, QB for the Arizona Cardinals, uh, Mitch's starting QB, um, he just looked like the Kyler Murray of old this past week versus what he looked like in week one. Uh, you know, he did, he really didn't have a good game until like the third quarter. Yep. And then he still ended up putting almost 24, 25 points up. And that's just how Kyler Murray can, 
can work. You know, the guy can run. Uh, he can throw a good ball. He is only 5'10", but <laughs> he, he can still toss that rock. And uh, he's fast, and he can make he can make points up by by just using his feet. So I think Kyler Murray is going to be looking good for Mitch moving forward here. I think this week put a little bit more confidence back into him after that first that first week. Um, so I would say that's my first comeback player uh, yeah. of the week. And I think well, I know when I was watching Kyler in that game, when he ran 85 yards in the two point conversion to get <laughs> two yards, it yeah. just I was like he's back. Like I, yep. I I saw that and I was like okay he's gonna start doing some more things that he that he used to do because the first week was just not him and the first half was nothing like I've you know kind of seen from him with his time in the league so I think he's still concerns um, with that first half but he showed you that he still has it he can just turn it on and be dominant yeah um, just another quarterback quickly quickly mentioned Stafford came to life a little bit wasn't horrible wasn't a great quarterback was probably right on that top 10 range but he did put up a performance that says uh, you can play me in fantasy football Looking down to the looking down to the running backs, big one that point that showed up for me was Aaron Jones. Um, you know, top two running back. I don't I don't have the exact numbers pulled up. He was number one on the week, but he was he was close. Um, put up thirty points fantasy. That's great. Uh, I think it's kind of the scary thing about the Green Bay backfield this this year is you don't know who is going to be the guy, and you hope they can both be the guy and both put up fifteen to twenty points. Um, but you're going to have your week, your down weeks, your up weeks with Aaron Jones, but he's clearly still an elite player and is an elite threat on that offense. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Aaron, uh, Aaron Rodgers just came out now publicly both. He said it twice now where they're making it clear that using Aaron Jones and, and, uh, and AJ Dillon are th- their main concerns this year. And they yep. want to make sure that they're getting that ball into their hands and, it may be an Aaron Jones game one day. It may be an A.J. Dillon game one day is what it's looking like. Um, but either way, I think Aaron Jones is going to be fine, um, especially after this week, that this performance they put up. It just kind of reinstated who he is and what he does for that team. So I think that he's going to be uh, looking looking real good moving forward after this week. I think they're going to use him a lot more than they did the first week. Yeah. Yeah, and then just – Moving down the list here to wide receivers, I have two that kind of stuck out to me. One, I'm I still of... not worried about AJ Dillon though. Let's want you guys to know that. <laughs> Absolutely, I think AJ Dillon will be just fine. He's going to be yeah. involved in that offense, but it's just the weeks. He will have up weeks. He will have down weeks, and that's yeah. he's not your starting. He's not your running back one, so that's okay. Yeah. Uh, moving down to wide receivers, two that I have listed here: uh, Mike Williams, who I kind of pr- predicted last week would be the number one wide receiver. He was not, but he was a top seven guy this week. Eight catches, 113 yards, a touchdown, and he got tackled on the one. So he, you know, huge week from him without Keenan Allen. So when Keenan Allen comes back, you need to see those targets still be there. Um, But he's clearly a big bodied receiver, an elite athlete, and an elite offense. Wouldn't be too concerned about Mike Williams. And then Allen Robinson didn't have the huge numbers that Mike Williams had. Um, 11 points with a touchdown. So probably had, you know, 50 yards, a few catches, but the targets were there this week. I think he was targeted eight times and he had a touchdown called off for a weird, weird medical timeout where yeah. the play was over. He was in the end zone wide open. Um, yep. So Stafford's looking at him. He'll be involved in that offense and uh, nothing, nothing to worry about there. So I say the same thing, you know, he put up 13 points with that, with that touchdown being taken away when um, regardless of the situation, just the weird timeout that ended up happening. Um, that was a touchdown that should have been on the board for him. He should have yep. had at least the 19 points 
because of that touchdown. But yeah, I like it. I, I, it's good to see it. I like Allen Robinson. I'm a fan of him. He had a couple bad years because, you know, he was in Chicago, which is just a dumpster fire of an organization right now. But um, it, I see good things for Allen Robinson. Stafford is looking his way. And you want to round us out here with the tight ends, Vic? Yeah, tight end Mark Andrews uh, comes back to life this week. He, You can see that Lamar is starting to look towards him. He does. Obviously, Lamar has, you know, has a couple wide receivers now that he trusts in Brashad Bateman and, and Duvernay. Uh, but Mark Andrews is still going to be number one in his heart always. He throws long shots to him as well. There was one that he he tossed, uh, I think it was like 50 yards into the end zone. It went right over Mark Andrews. Mm-hmm. So, um I know there was a little bit of fear drafting for me, fear drafting Mark Andrews going into the year because of Isaiah likely how good he showed out as a rookie in the preseason and them saying that they're going to use him and this and that. But at the end of the day, elite talent is elite talent and Mark Andrews is an elite talent. Yeah. Um, we didn't prepare for the, prepare for this at all, Vic, but are there any guys that stick out to you top of your head? If not, we'll just cut this part out, but that just didn't bounce back and are just guys you're concerned about this now. Yeah. So um, off the top of my head, DK Metcalf is one of those players that it just kind of makes me sad because you see him play in the game and he's still the elite receiver that he is. You know, you made a phenomenal catch uh, this past week uh, off of a flea flicker. Geno Smith gets the ball back, tosses this bomb, and he just straight mosses this guy uh, in the backfield. But there's two weeks in a row now where it just – it isn't really showing up on, on the fantasy points side of things. So I don't know if that's how his season's going to be uh, this year after the first two games. It looks like it with Geno Smith, that quarterback. It doesn't really give me a lot of confidence in him. And then uh, the other one is uh, TJ Hawkinson, tight end for our Detroit Lions. Two bad weeks in a row. He's had a lot of drops. I think he has like the most drops in the league right now as well. So I, I don't know what's going to happen with both of those players. Obviously, both elite talents, but it, it just isn't sh- – they're not being utilized in the sense of the fantasy football world where it's adding up points for your team, at least from these past two weeks. Yeah, I think DK clearly looks the part. I don't think TJ Hawkins looks the part right now. Just as a Lions fan, I'm just, he doesn't look it to me. doesn't look like yeah. he's the guy. Um, but we'll see what happens. But, yeah, no, those two guys I think are two great polls of uh, – guys that I would be concerned about moving forward, starting to look at not playing them even, which does hurt with the draft capital you probably invested there. Yeah. What about you? Do you have anybody? Yeah, personally, I've been personally affected um, by Darnell Mooney. Uh, I was super pumped to have him. I think I got him in the eighth round. Number one, re- number one receiver on a team that late elite speed. Um, I felt great. And then uh, Chicago bears just don't throw the ball. So anybody in that offense that catches the ball, you just shouldn't have on your team. Cole Komet has had one target over two weeks. Um, Equinimius St. Brown had a decent week, but when your quarterback throws the ball 11 times in a game for 70 yards, you can't really, uh, you can't really do too much with that. So yeah, it's tough. Uh, the Darnell Mooney take cause Darnell Mooney is a good receiver. He, he, he just is, mm-hmm. he, he's on Chicago. I'm not a fan of Chicago, but he is, and he's just not getting the ball this, this year. And then Cole Komet was a tight end going into the season that a lot of, fantasy football experts had as listen this is the tight end you want to take in the late rounds if you're taking a tight end in the late round go ahead and take Cole Komet Justin Justin Fields is going to 
uh, pepper him. He's going to be a safety blanket. And this is two weeks in a row now where Cole Komet's put up zero points. So yeah. uh, he's looking like a real big bust and not a tight end that you can rely on. So if you drafted him, you're probably streaming tight ends at this point. Yep. And where you drafted him doesn't hurt you too bad because you did draft no. him late, but um, still just disappointing. High hopes for him and Darnell Mooney as well in that offense. I thought they would throw the ball a little bit better without Matt Nagy, but they just throw it less apparently. So mm-hmm. um, awesome. Moving on. We're going to run through just some normal segments here. We hit all the time. Nice and quick this week. Uh, we were right. Quite honestly, we can't remember too many things we were right about this week. <laughs> so uh, the only thing I, I have listed here, we already talked about it. Mike Williams had a big game. Yeah. Good player. Simple as that. Don't need to hang, hang around too long on it, but I did see that coming and that I don't think it really surprised anybody. It wasn't that uh, bold of a take. It, it had to, to come it. true. It had to come true. I mean, yes. th- there was no uh, – Mike Williams got paid. He's got, He was had to be the number one receiver out there with Keenan Allen not being there. Yeah, I'm happy to see that it happened because I like, again, Mike Williams as a player. Coming out of Clemson, he's just this huge, just giant dude. And every catch that he made on that Thursday night game looked like it was just an insane catch. I don't know yeah. if it's just the way he jumps or it's just how he looks, but he looks like he's making the greatest catch of all time every time he catches the ball. Yeah, absolutely. And when it comes to us not being right, um, the one that I'll point out, I think we both uh, both ripped on Allen's team a little bit last week and said that he was not going to win. He came out, put a big performance, 138 points. Great job. It wasn't a, wasn't a specific player that we called out or anything, but um, Allen's team showed up. So great job, Allen. Keep proving us wrong. Yeah, for sure. Way to be a good manager this past week and, and really set your team up for success. Um you know, plugging in some players that need to be plugged in and uh, it all, it all paid out for you. So good job there, Alan. Yeah. And I guess I'll, I'll talk about this one too, but I think it was you that was not right this time when it came to predicting a bigger week out of AJ Dillon than Aaron Jones. Yeah. Yeah. Ended up being just an Aaron Jones game. They just kept feeding him. He was, he was doing right. You know, the crazy thing is that AJ Dillon is still getting the touches. So that's why I'm not really worried about it. He got 18 touches in that game it's just Aaron Jones was able to be a little bit more electric with it um it, is that the play calls that they set up for Aaron Jones versus AJ Dillon which is he's the bowling ball just run him into the offensive lineman and see if he makes something happen with it um but yeah yeah I was wrong Aaron Jones did come out and poo-poo all over AJ Dillon and when it comes to fantasy moving over to uh I think Mitch's favorite segment of the show the Josh Jacobs suck tracker um if Mitch is listening to this, I'm going to have him like skip like 45 seconds right now, just starting now. I think Josh Jacobs might be okay by the end of the year. And I'm kind of afraid of that. So we got 45 seconds because he's clearly not listening, but he's getting 20 carries. He got 20 carries last game, which is if he gets that, he'll be fine. Yeah. I mean, you get that many carries and he still only put up nine points though. So like it's, I'm not, I'm still not, even close to being okay with Josh Jacobs. I, I don't think anything's going to change my mind. Um, I mean, he got nine points, which is it's nine points. Like it's again, it's not anybody that's going to bring you to fantasy success. It's not going to be somebody who where it's like, all right, I need my flex player, Josh Jacobs to win me this league, win me this week. You know, I'm in a yeah. close match. Like if it comes down to Josh Jacobs, like the confidence there is just not there. And honestly, I think it's going to be better for Josh Jacobs 
if he gets traded this year. I, yeah. I, I personally think that's what Las Vegas is trying to do. I think they're going to try and trade him. And if he gets traded, well, then that's good for you, Mitch, because I think wherever he goes, he's going to do much better than whatever he's doing in in uh, Las Vegas because they're either, one, not utilizing him right, or, two, he does just suck like we, uh, like we anticipated. Yeah, just some guys that outscored him this week. J.D. McKissick, Raheem Mostert, Buffalo's fullback. Um, so – there's still plenty of suck. I'm not giving up on the fact he's going to suck, but I just saw 20 carries this week and I was like, oh crap, that's uh, that's the recipe for, to prove us wrong, basically. He gets the ball that much. He can prove us wrong, but he has to do it still. So Josh Jacobs still sucks. Yeah, still not getting the ball in the red zone either. So Two quarterback leagues, you know, because quarterbacks are good in football. Let's just talk about great quarterbacks in the waiver wire. I might have to be looking at one of these guys because – Trey Lance decided to snap his ankle in half, but uh, four guys in the waiver wire were in the top 10 this week. Tua put up 40 points, just a banging week. Unbelievable, unbelievable game. Um, Crazy that he's sitting on the waiver wire. Just an argument that it's crazy that a player can do that and is talented. It's not like the next guy's going to talk about Joe Flacco. Probably shouldn't be on a team. I can admit that. Um, But let's just run through it. Tua had 40 points this week. Carson Wentz, two top five quarterback weeks in a row. I mean, what's going on here? Uh, 20, 28 and a half points. Joe Flacco, 27 points, has, has thrown the ball 110 times through two weeks. I think his arm is probably going to fall off. And then honorable mention here, Jared Goff, your Detroit Lions, 26 points. Uh, great performance by Jared. Great performance by all the uh, undrafted quarterbacks. I would have had all of them starting over Kirk Cousins if I could go back now because they all outperformed him. Yeah. Carson Wentz is, uh, well, Tua for one. I think the Tua situation is something needs to be talked about. Tua in in fantasy is almost reflective as Tua in real life, which it was like, we don't know what we're going to get out of Tua. Is he going to be the elite player? Is he not going to be the elite player? He looks like a weirdo because he throws it left-handed. But the video, I don't know if you saw that video. Somebody flipped (laughs) the whole entire game to where he looks like he's throwing it right-handed and he looks like he throws the ball effortlessly and he looks like an elite quarterback so it's crazy it's crazy the way our minds work when we see a left-handed quarterback throwing the ball because you look at him and like dude you look like shit I don't even know how you're doing what you're doing uh excuse my language but um good for Tua you know he may be who you know the Miami Dolphins thought he was going to be who some Tua truthers thought he was going to be which is an elite quarterback that can that can throw the rock and and put up some high points and we'll see if it continues throughout through the fantasy season um, I'm assuming he's going to be put on somebody's somebody's team uh, this upcoming week. I don't know how many people actually need uh, a quarterback, but he may end up being uh, picked up this week. And then Cars. I am still concerned about Tua just when it comes to his bombs because they were still clearly underthrown. Like the guys were so wide open that it didn't matter because Jalen Waddell and Tyreek Hill are so fast. So maybe he just looks underthrown because those guys are running so fast and they have to slow down because they already have the guys beat by 10 yards. Um, but I want to see him distribute the ball more closer to the line of scrimmage with bigger plays, just because I don't think those bombs for him will, will be long-term success unless his guys continue to get just 20 yards wide open, which is they might because there's that, they're that, that fast. Yeah. I mean, he's, and we don't want to spend too much time on it, but like he used Mike Gusecki this week a whole lot more than what he did in week one and what people probably thought he was going to use is they said Mike Gusecki's basically written off from the offense. He's just going to be a, a body out there. Um, but I think that Miami not really relying on a running game 
is what's helping to a whole bunch with his points and his statistics and his two wide receivers, Jalen Waddle and, and Tyree Kill, two fastest receivers right now, uh, can take a five yard slant, 30 yards, you know, at the, at the blink of an eye. So it puts up points for Tua, even though sometimes he doesn't have to have that bomb and they can still run that, make, like I said, five yards at the 30. Yeah. And their, uh, and their head coach seems to really embrace the, the future of the NFL. So they're throwing the ball a ton. All right, let's move into the next segment. We'll keep it pretty quick, but I think we're just going to have a waiver wire, waiver wire winner of the week. Uh, we may do this every week. We'll see how it goes. Um, but this week's winner is Alan Guzman. Uh, like I said, he, he managed his team uh, back from the hole that he was almost digging himself into, back into um, a contender with picking up Curtis Samuel, who ends up being just a huge pickup for him, had almost 20 points this week. It was 19.4 points. And then a viable starter in Jeff Wilson Jr., who I personally wasn't a – uh, too high on even, you know, even with Elijah Mitchell going on, I just didn't really trust the uh, San Francisco backfield. But there was another injury in that backfield that didn't involve Jeff Wilson. It just hurt uh, people behind him. So it looks like he's going to end up getting a whole lot of uh, workload uh, moving forward. So I think that those two pickups for Allen uh, wins him waiver wire winner of the week. And uh, I think he's going to be able to keep those in his starting, keep both of those guys in his starting lineup moving forward. Yeah, both those guys have, I think, great, not season long outlook necessarily, but weeks ahead outlook. Curtis Samuel, nine targets after 11 targets week one. He's clearly involved in that offense. When he was healthy, very good player. Nothing more to say than that. He can, if he stays healthy, he can be in your fantasy lineup. Jeff Wilson, Jeff Wilson Jr., as you mentioned, no one else in that backfield to run the ball. It's him and an undrafted free agent. So I would, 100% take the starting running back on the 49ers, especially when the backup is an undrafted free agent. So great job, Alan. Good eye. And uh, keep it moving. Way to, use, way to use your fab. Yeah. Yeah. The correct you, way this year. You learned from last year. You have used the most so far, but it has worked so far. So yes. good for you. You can save some now. If you are interested, Josh Gordon did get, you know, activated onto the Tennessee Titans. I know you're a huge fan of him. Awesome. Well, let's, uh, let's preview this upcoming week. We'll uh, preview this week and uh, get out of here. Looking back at last week's predictions between you and I, I went, uh, I went two and three and you went three and two. So we were hanging out, you know, one team spun the other way. It hurts when you always pick yourself and then your yourself loses. Um, yeah, but, but yeah, so let's, uh, let's look at week three here. Go ahead and, uh, if you're able, start up, start us up with the first first matchup, which I have listed as doing lines on Waller Street. First, Marcus's magnificent team, and I'll actually start talking about that because it is your team. Yeah, go ahead and take that one. Obviously, I have my team making a comeback this week. I mean, I I did lose, but I also put up the most points out of all the losing teams. I would have also won almost everybody else's matchups besides the one I actually played in. So I'm not really too worried. I think I'm gonna have a big comeback. Uh, this upcoming week against a scary team uh, and Marky's team, but uh, go ahead and you can, you can talk a little bit more on it. I'm not going to boast myself here. Yeah. I mean, I, I actually think I agree with you this week, Victor. I do think you're going to win. It's going to be a close matchup. It'll be a good, I think it'll be a good matchup this week. It may just be that I want Marcus Marky to lose. So there's not any three and O teams, Um, but no, I think he has a ton of good players this week. Still, obviously he just had a, good week last week, but they have much tougher matchups this week. Um, 
and your guys have very good matchups. You know, Jalen Hurts and A.J. Brown versus Washington. We saw what the Lions did to him. We saw what the Eagles did to the Lions. So we see that. DeAndre Swift against Minnesota. I think there's guys this week that can go out there and perform. Hopefully Gabe Davis is back healthy. If he is, we saw what Stefan Diggs did without him, but he'll probably take some of those catches away from Stefan Diggs and uh, put up a big performance. I still think Marquis team is very um, hit or miss. I think this is just going to be a, just going to be a miss, especially in his flex spots. I can see those guys hitting or missing. Bateman had the big, big touchdown play last week, which kind of helped catapult him into fantasy like real fantasy relevance not just a guy that helped move it along um but i don't think tyreek is putting up 40 against buffalo denver as much as they've had a rough start to the season um they do have i believe they still have a decent defense i don't think it's elite um but to slow down debo and kansas city i think they have a decent top they have a decent front seven as well against jonathan taylor i think jonathan taylor will be fine this week but he's not going to go out there and be the number one running back on the week unless he does. Cause he's Jonathan Taylor, but I yeah, don't think he will. I appreciate the uh, vote of confidence in my team this week. Give me uh give me your, your boldest take for your team this week, Vic. We try to talk about our own teams too awful much, but who's the, who's going to be the D guy this week on your team and uh, give me a number they're going to put up. Um, I, DeAndre Swift against Minnesota. Um, I think DeAndre is going to have a, uh, 18 to 20 points this week. He's only projected for 13.76, but Minnesota has been getting ran all over um, both these past two weeks and the Eagles whole team, Jalen hurts. You saw what he did. Um, and Deandre Swift is an elite talent, as we all know. Now uh, he catches the ball. He throws the, uh, he runs the ball uh, very, very well. It's not necessarily a, a hot take in the sense of who he is, um, but I think that DeAndre Swift is just going to have a huge game. And I think that in total, the Detroit Lions are going to win um, the the week against Minnesota. And, and I think we're going to go ahead and take that lead into the we're technically all tied for first in the NFC North. But I think the Lions are going to go ahead and start stretching that lead uh, this week against the Minnesota Vikings. Yeah, and I, I think just looking at this matchup too, Justin Herbert has Jacksonville, which on paper sounds like a great, great thing. I think that game might be closer than you than you uh, than you expect this week. Jacksonville has a really intimidating defensive line, and I kind of believe in Trevor Lawrence this year. He's been he looks good. I think that game will be tighter than people think. So I'm not saying Jacksonville's going to win, but I don't think it's going to be a shootout, and I think it's going to be a uh, a decent game. Yeah, and just for Justin Herbert's sake, I think uh, there's a little worry there with his red cartilage uh, injury that he has, which mm-hmm. it's the weird cartilage. It, I was looking into it is actually worse for the quarterback yeah you can't than, heal it yeah than, than actually breaking a rib like yeah. obviously he'll still be able to play but he's never going to be 100 percent. one big hit to his to his chest or to his ribs it's who knows what's going to happen he may even be out for the game if he uh if he can't handle that yeah that pain but from last week we all know that justin herbert's a tough ass dude and he'll probably fight through it except when he just threw the ball and didn't feel like running it was just yeah, the but, wildest thing, but it worked. They worked out just fine. He it was came back and threw one of the greatest, the greatest darts <laughs> yeah. of all time. Uh, I think he just wanted to get Carter. off the field. I think he wanted to get off the field. So he's like, I'll just throw this bomb. We'll call it yeah. a day. Yeah. All right. Uh, let's move over here. Uh, I'll let you uh, start this one off. We're moving over to Prater's Taters versus half PPR chub two and over. So one, two, first, 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 tenth. Yeah. As much as I love Cret, um, I just, I just don't think his team is ready yet to compete. 
especially against a team that just put up 180 points. Uh, Kretz team is not looking the greatest with the injuries that he has. Dalton Schultz went down last week. I don't know what's going to happen if he's going to even play too much this upcoming week. Uh, Alvin Kamara, you know, that was a, a random. He's not playing. It looked like that was a, I think it was a rib injury um, as well for, for Alvin Kamara, if I'm not mistaken. And then Keenan Allen, is he going to come back? Is his hamstring okay? Uh, but I mean, like, like we were talking about outside of Josh Allen, right. There's nobody on Kretz team that is going to give him that, that big game. Maybe, well, I digress. Joe, I, I take that back. Joe Mixon uh, will have a big game. Uh, I'm, I'm guaranteed on that. But other than that, his, the, the rest of his team is just, uh, just kind of bleh right now. I think he's Allen was the one team that I, like I said last week, that kind of needs to put his man, managing skills to the test. And he, uh, he passed the flying colors for week two. I think Kret needs to do the same thing, whether that's waiver wire or making trades. I think uh, he's going to have to make some moves just due to the injuries that he has on the team and not really having too many boom players. Yeah. I, uh, I'm right there with you. I, as I'm sitting here staring at the lineup this week, I actually kind of like some of Kretz matchups this week, um, but it's just a big hill to overclimb. You're looking at the first place team right now. Um, I think some, and I think some of his guys underperformed last week. So I think, uh, I, I think I'm going to stick with Weber, but let's just say this. I think it might actually be closer than we expect. Kind of like I said, the Jacksonville chargers game might be close, but I still, I think Weber will have the firepower to come out on top with uh, without a doubt, but it'll be close, uh, you know, 10, 10, 15 points. I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah. I'm interested in seeing what Kyle Pitts does this week. I think that was another player that I, I think we missed on the, uh, on the players that we weren't like we were worried about because mm-hmm. he went two weeks with not a lot of points and he's a pretty, pretty highly drafted tight end, uh, another elite talent, but it doesn't look like Atlanta's using him in that way uh, in the sense of production. Um, so I'm, I'm uh, curious to see what Kyle Pitts ends up doing this, this week. Um, and then of course, Amon Ross St. Brown is turning into everything that we hoped for him to be, uh, legitimately a top five, top three wide receiver in the league. Um, and not just saying these through these first two weeks, I think moving forward, he's the, the whole nation is going to realize who Amon Ross St. Brown is and he's an elite receiver that the lions were, um, so lucky to hit on. I keep telling myself I'm not sold on Amon Ra yet. And then he keeps going out and just dominating and dominating and dominating. And uh, at this point, I'm like, yeah, you know what? He's just, he's just a good player. He's a he's really a good player. He's a stud. He catches the ball when it's thrown to him. You know, he doesn't really have too many drops and he can, we saw them use him on a run play. It was an end around run play. He got yep. 50, 58 yards. So he can be utilized everywhere. Um, so I, I think Amon Ra is going to end up being outside of, outside of Lamar Jackson, obviously, I think Amon Ra is going to end up being Weber's MVP of the, the year, not even just the week. And Weber doesn't have any injured players on his team, which is a big thing when it comes to fantasy. His team's completely healthy. He has, he does have James Conner though, correct? He's dealing with possibly something, but we'll see nothing too uh, detrimental to hurt his long-term success anyways. Yeah, exactly. It wasn't like James Conner was somebody that was, that was helping him carry, carry him to, to these W's, you know, he was able, he's able to plug and play. I think that one flex running back that he has. Yeah. All right. Let's move over to uh, Nick versus Allen. Delvin cook bought me this gun versus chase bank. I think uh, projects to be a pretty good matchup. Who do you got winning this one? Uh, should be a close matchup. 
but I do think Nick bounces back this week with a win after getting uh, decimated <laughs> last week against Weber. Um, I like the Pat Mahomes against Indy. Um, I just think that Indy is going to come out there because they feel like they have something to prove with going 0-2. I think it's going to end up being a, a really, really good matchup for Pat Mahomes because they're not going to be as good of the defense as the Chargers were last week. I think Devontae Adams, even though he did get that tud this past week, he only had two receptions. And the Vegas, Las Vegas is going to look at them like, this is not okay. Like We brought Devontae Adams to be the guy. And he needs to be utilized. And I know that Derek Carr on Allen's team is going to be the one throwing it to him. But we both know that the, the quarterback doesn't get the, the most points when it comes to touchdowns uh, compared to the receiver. Their quarterback gets four points. Receiver gets six. You get more points per yard with the receiver versus the, the quarterback where they get, I think, 0.25 uh, points per yard. Um and then uh, Dalvin Cook and uh, Cordero Patterson. Uh, Cordero Patterson going against Seattle. I think he's going to eat. And I think Dalvin Cook is going to be fed a lot this week as well. I think they're going to look at the tape uh, from yesterday's game and they'll be like, Kirk, you got to stop fantasizing over over uh, Justin Jefferson. You're, you're literally out there jerking off to him. That's all you're doing is looking at him. And that's why we lost yesterday. Um, so I think that... Uh, Dalvin Cook is going to end up having a big role in this game against Detroit. Uh, so I think those those players will uh, end up being the reason why Nick ends up beating Allen this week. I'm having a really hard time picking this matchup, quite honestly. Yeah, it should um, be a close one. But. So I, I think I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to lean Allen just because I was impressed with his performance last week. I know he got a lot of points out of that Tampa Bay defense, which helped him. But he, like I said, he produced a win. I respect that. So I'm going to give him my respect to just picking him to win this week because I do think it's going to be so, so close. And I want to, I want to throw this out there. I think Delvin Cook might stink again this week. I think the the, uh, the Lions might shut him down, even though they don't have that dominant run stuffing defense. I think he might be under 10 fantasy points again. That's my prediction. Under under 10 fantasy points for Delvin Cook. And at that point, at that point, maybe uh, hit the panic button if you're Nick. Um, yeah. But that's my prediction. So yeah, I'll go with Allen and we'll see what, uh, we'll see what Dalvin Cook does this next week. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't blame you. It is a close one when you're looking at it on paper, I think it's going to be a really close match. I just don't know what Aaron Jones is going to do against that Tampa Bay defense. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't, I don't know what green Bay has up their sleeve. I don't, I don't think this is going to be a good game for green Bay just in general, yeah. um, but we'll see what happens. Who knows with Aaron Rodgers coming around week three and who knows he can do whatever he wants. The one, Saving grace to Aaron Jones as he is the receiving back. Even though A.J. Dillon catches passes, Aaron Jones is the main, main receiving back. So even if they stuff the run, he can still produce. Yeah, I think Curtis Samuel's not going to have a good game against Philly. And Albert O, if he's still Allen's tight end after this week, I don't know why you would be put him in your tight end spot, Allen. But that's completely up to you. Um, and then Jerry Judy has some kind of chest issue. Uh, his sternum was injured is what they said. Yep. Uh, so got, got a little more work, work to do on the lineup, but it's only Tuesday. So mm-hmm. he, uh, he proved us wrong last week in those and Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. So I think he'll do it again. Yeah. Move into Steven Glansberg versus CM CD's nuts. That is the third birth third versus eighth overall team, both at one and one um, go ahead and who, who you got here, Vic. All right. So I do have Nate 
Steven Glansberg beating out Mitch uh, this week, and this is not because Mitch beat me this past week. I do truly think that Nate is going to have another uh, big week out of his receivers. Uh, the Buffalo-Miami game should be a shootout. Um, it's going to be a lot of points put up that in that game. Um, I think Matt Stafford and Cooper Cup going against a really average Arizona defense. I would even say that they're bad. They're really not that great. I think Matt Stafford and Cooper Cup are going to be able to uh, go ahead and take advantage of that as well. Uh, the one thing that does scare me uh, on his team is maybe ETN um, and then Clyde Edwards-Alaire's usage this week. Uh, but Ezekiel Elliott is another bright spot that I think will come out of uh, Nate's team this week. I think you'll have a good week out of Ezekiel Elliott against the, Gi uh, the Giants. I don't think uh, Cooper Rush is going to have as much success this week throwing the ball now that there's another game on tape for him. And, and when you have a backup quarterback in the game, once a team finds out how to shut them down, that backup quarterback is shut down. Like they're just not elite enough. And that's why they're the backup. That's going to be a reflection of CD lamb score this week. I don't think CD lamb is going to do anything. Um, and uh, Leonard Fournette against Green Bay. We'll see what happens with Leonard Fournette. He, he hasn't had too many touchdowns. I don't even know if he's had a touchdown this this year. Let's see. I don't think he has. No, yeah, he has not. Okay. Christian Kirk, though, I'll, I'll say it again, I think is just a huge pick for Mitch. Like you said, Trevor Lawrence, I believed in him going into the year. I mean, he's, he's, being, he's everything that people wanted him to be and drafted him to be, especially on a bad – Jacksonville still a bad team. All right. They're not like world beaters or anything like that, but he's doing what as much as he can on that team. And Christian Kirk is seeing the, the benefits of it. So I do like Christian Kirk, but I just think that the Matt Stafford, Cooper cup, Stefan Diggs, and a big game out of Ezekiel Elliott this week is going to have uh, Nate winning and beating Mitch. This is another one that I look at, look at is really close. I'm going to lean towards Mitch this week based on the running back position. Um, the Travis Etienne, Clyde Edwards-Alaire, as you pointed out, I just think there's some volatility there. I don't think Clyde is going to continue performing and putting up the points that he has been. And I think CMC can absolutely come out this week, even against a tough New Orleans defense and score. And I'm hoping for a, a big game out of Leonard Fournette against the Green Bay Packers. I really want to see him. Just stuff it. Just stuff it to them. Um, so I'm I'm predicting Leonard Fournette to have two touchdowns this week, and hopefully they just smack the Bucks. Not the Bucks. I hope the Bucks smack the Packers. Yeah, I do hope for Green Bay to lose, uh, of course. But I don't know. We'll see. I think there's a lot of uh, not so certain players on on Mitch's team this week. You know, the Rams are still a good defense going against Kyler Murray, which is it's Kyler Murray, so he can still make things happen, but. I don't think C.D. Lamb is going to come out for him um, this week, and uh, he still has Josh Jacobs in the lineup. Yeah, please, Mitch, <laughs> Mitch change that and you'll win. And, Just take him out and you'll win. Uh, it's it's more of like a vibe, you know. It's like the bad juju of having Josh Jacobs on your team. But, I literally saw that, and I was like, I don't want to pick him. And I looked at his bench, and I was like, uh, who am I playing over him? So he has a waiver. I think he can add one from waivers. So go I'll ahead be, and change him out, and uh, let's do something here. I'll be interested to see if Nate keeps Josh J, uh, J.K. Dobbins in his uh, in the flex there. I believe he put him there because he was not playing last week, so he must have changed his lineup to put him there. So right, that, right. That's I'm interested to see that. Interesting play. Uh, interested to see 
what he looks like if he does come out there and play this week. Who knows if he even plays, so we'll see. Last but not least, we have the Harvison Method versus Tim Team Bo. Hoping, I can tell you, I'm hoping for a good win this week. Vic, what do you uh, what do you think we got here? So I have you winning uh, this week. Uh, I, I just Garrett's team, Team Team Bo, has uh, underwhelmed these past two weeks. I'm sure he's a little worried about it, uh, but I, outside of Travis Kelsey, there's nobody really on his team that can carry him this week. You know, DJ Moore hasn't really done much. Uh, Deontay Johnson, and this is a Deontay Johnson's fault. I, I have Najee on my team. I absolutely hate the way they're utilizing that, that offense in, in Pittsburgh. Mr. Biskey's got to be the most boring quarterback of all time, even though he's supposed to be a running quarterback. He cannot create offense. Um, uh, Austin Eckler, we, we discussed it. Is this going to be his breakout game? Hopefully. David Montgomery, you already know that he's going to get like 90 to 100 yards and no touchdown. So it, it, that's, that's basically where David Montgomery is every single week. Um, uh, Harris going against that Baltimore defense. They, I, I don't think they're going to give up too much on the run there. So I don't really see too much going on with Garrett's team that excites me. These past two weeks have also been, like we said, underwhelming. And um, your team – you got Jalen Waddle back into the lineup. Great Dude, move. I just looked at Smart this move. Smart move after he dropped 35 on my bench last week. But we yeah. talked about this earlier. He's playing Buffalo this week. And uh, I'm going to play him because you can't not play a guy that put up 30 points after putting up 17 week one. So he's clearly a part of that offense. And I think he's a elite enough athlete to still score. Um, but I am not doing it. I had to think about it, which is something I wouldn't think I would have to say after a player puts up 30 points. Yeah, I mean, I agree. I know what you're saying, but Jalen Waddle and Tyree Kill, the usage there, it's not like it's the number one receiver and then Jalen Waddle is the clear number two wide receiver. It's 1A and 1B there, and they're both super fast and super elite talents, and they've proven that week in and week out. Uh, obviously, you have Justin Jefferson, who had a little bit of a stinker game yesterday, but that was going against Philly's D and Kirk Cousins just looking like the Kirk Cousins of old. Um, I was Prime giving him time. praise. Yeah, Prime time, Kirk, time Cousins. Kirk Cousins can't win. Um, I was giving him the benefit of the doubt yesterday before the game started. I was like, man, you know what? Kirk Cousins does look good this year. I don't know what it is. I don't know if the Vikings changed their uniforms or, or what, but Kirk Cousins actually looks like a, like a decent quarterback, and then all of a sudden he just became the Kirk Cousins of old and reminded me why I don't like him. Um, Cortland Sutton should see some more usage this week with Jerry Judy's injury. Um, I think that uh, Denver is going to really reevaluate their offense and figure out what they need to do. And they're going to realize so. that Cortland Sutton is an elite wide receiver and they need to use him. So we'll see what ends up happening. Saquon Barkley, I'm not worried about at all. And uh, I think that you just have a more upside, a higher ceiling team and a low and a higher floor team if that makes sense, than what Garrett does. So I hope you're right. That's all I can say. Good luck, Garrett. Not really. I hope you put up 60 points. All right. So that's, that's it for the, uh, the weekly previous, the weekly matchup previews. We do have a preview of the weekly position payout. Uh, Vic, why don't you tell us what that position is this week and uh, see who we think is going to win it. Yeah. Yeah. So this week, week three, obviously you have highest scoring team still. That's every single week. And then highest position player this week is going to be coming out of the running back position so i'll start with my with my choice first um it is going to be no other uh none other than praters taters joe mixon uh playing the jets who have given up the fifth most points to the running back uh cincinnati has a couple of things that they need to figure out there i know their offensive line is pretty brutal but i think that they're gonna 
I feel like they should know that they need to use Joe Mixon uh, more than they have been. I know we, they have Jamar Chase and T. Higgins, but if they're not giving Joe Burrow time to, to throw the ball, he's going to have to start chucking that thing down to Joe Mixon who can catch the ball, and he's a hell of a damn running back. So um, I, I think Joe Mixon is going to have a big week. I think he ends up being the number one running back this week. Second pick, who I wanted to put up was DeAndre Swift, but I know that he's on my team. I didn't want to – boast anything with my team but i think joe mixon is truly going to be the number one running back this week yeah and i think they have to just run the ball more um with yeah. that offensive line keep the guys off joe burrow and sacked yeah. an insane amount of times through two weeks they're gonna get so, him killed yeah they're gonna literally they're gonna get him killed so i think they will run the ball more and i think he's a really good running back so so another really good running back that i think is gonna have a really good week this week is uh derrick henry biggest basis for this is just derrick henry is going to have one of those derrick henry games eventually so why not this week? Two somewhat slow games, not much going on. Playing Las Vegas this week, who's not any elite defense. They're they're right middle of the pack when it comes to running back points. Eighth most fantasy running back running back points against. So um, the defense he can do it on. Tennessee kind of in a must-win situation, sitting there uh, without a win so far. So they really need to uh, get the win. And how better to do that than going through Derrick Henry? So I think Derrick Henry can absolutely go off this week, have two 80-yard runs, and be the Derrick Henry of old without any issue. Yeah, I think I think Vrabel is just going to, you know, he put he said the other day after the loss yesterday, he's just like, we just got to find a way to win. And how did they win so much the past previous years? It was Derrick Henry getting the load and putting the team on his back. Um, without A.J. Brown there anymore, they really have to rely on him, which is kind of why I feel like maybe Derrick Henry has slowed down a little bit. They're probably stacking the box against Tennessee and just – you know, putting it into the hands of Ryan Tannehill, but Derrick Henry is Derrick Henry is a, a monster of a human. And I, I agree with you. I think that Las Vegas is a team that they could, they could possibly do it against. I know they have Max Crosby there, but in, other than that guy, just disrupting everything. I think Derrick Henry is going to be able to go ahead and take advantage of it, especially with Tennessee needing to win. Another reason why I think Joe Mixon as well, is mm-hmm. going to be the highest running back is because Cincinnati really needs a win. They, yep. they, they need a win and they got to utilize their best players. And that is Joe Mixon is one of their best, even though everybody wants to talk about Jamar Chase. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Well, that's uh that's the preview for this upcoming week. So Vic, you got anything, any last words for anybody? Um, no, you guys, it's been a, it's been a great, great year so far for most of us. Uh, I know the and two teams right now are probably feeling a little bit down, but at the end of the day, it's still really early into the season. Most of the teams right now are one and one. So it's still very, very close. There's a lot of, a lot of games to be had uh, a long season and, uh, keep doing your guys' thing. Be the best manager that you can put the best team out there that you can. And, uh, hopefully you come out with a win. Yeah. Let's uh, hope for some closer matchups this week. We'll have more to talk about, but uh, we'll see what happens. Let's watch some more football here starting Thursday, and uh, best of luck to everybody this week. Yeah, don't be afraid to talk trash to people, guys. It's, it's all right. It's fantasy football. Nobody's going to take it to heart. It's, uh, it, makes it, it makes it more fun. It makes the season more fun when we see some trash talking in the group chat. So I like to see it. I saw Nick was out there doing his thing. I try to chime in there every once in a while. So don't be, uh, don't be scared to, to put some hate out there. You guys heard Vic. Let's keep the trash talk coming. Best of luck this week. We'll see you back next week for another episode of Brews, Buds, and Dubs Fantasy Show.